This is Brunch with the Hollowells, and here's a quote from Rob. It's the deeds, Maul, that make the difference between mean and truly evil. When I was your age, I was cursing entire kingdoms. Where is that from? Um, is it from... I have no idea. I don't even know what to guess. <laughs> okay. Well, Maul probably might have been a uh, clue, but that was Maleficent from the Disney Descendant movies that was Kristen Chenoweth. You expect me to get it from that. Like, I watched that once, and I don't understand why you like it as much as you do. I love it. It's so adorable. <laughs> I love it so much. Well, so for one, Kristen Chenoweth, amazing singer. Uh, she's playing Maleficent is awesome, and she has um, a very nice signature song. But I don't know. I just, I just like it. It's cheesy, and it's, and I love it. It's, it's just fun. Now I watched the third one, and it wasn't as good as the first two. But that first one will always stand out because of her and like her involvement in it and whatever. But I thought it was time to do the Queen of Mean from this movie because. Yeah, she was a badass villain in that one also. So so you didn't like these? I watched the first one. It was okay. It was fun. I just, I don't know. I guess I expect something better. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to Brunch with the Hollowells. Charmies, this is Rob, the Charm Fanatic. And I'm Sean. I'm here to watch it for the first time. Yes, Sean is watching it for the first time. I'm so glad that I get to show him this amazing show. But let's reverse it. Sean, you're watching the new one, and I'm not. So why don't you tell me about some of the stuff you've seen lately? Okay, so obviously I haven't seen the ending of the original show, but this last episode of Charmed in the new one kind of like ruffled my feathers because um not to i'll try to not spoil as much as possible if you care but if you do care skip this part but the girls basically long story short too late um they unlock this hidden room within their headquarters and a past charmed one comes out and basically says i needed to test your sisterhood to see if you're strong enough and they ask her why, and she says, because none of the other charmed sisters were strong enough to keep the circle together. So to me, that's a little bit of like a slap in the face to our original sisters who obviously came before and our charmed ones. Well explained, and that's fucking blasphemy. I am so surprised that they even said that. There, there's no way that somebody out there is going to not interpret it the way that you just said, Sean. Um, how did you like? How did you feel about that? Like right away. Um, that was my first question. The first thing that went through my mind is either our original show ends with some sort of tragedy with the sisters not like not completing their goal. Or the new show just completely, like, sideswiped them and doesn't care to even give them the honor of, like, the eight seasons that they did go through. 
That's so bad. So there's no indication at all that these two shows are in the same universe. Um, never was it suggested in the first one that there were charmed ones before uh, the Hollowell sisters. They came from a very specific linear family line that culminated commu- into these three women. So any idea that there are even other charmed witches out there aside from Paige, of course, but the fact that it's still tied into one line of family, maybe they are just in a different part of the universe where there are more, just like Buffy had more slayers. But again, you're treading very light water with that line, and I just find that to be utterly gross that they even went there. Right. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm glad you have pride in the original, Sean. That was my goal, having you watch this. But um, how is the rest of the season turning out? Is it still rising up? Is it doing a little bit better? I hear they have their powers back, and they seem to be doing more of a sisterly thing. They do have their powers back. Um, I think the longer it's going, the more I'm like, this isn't really paying any homage to the original show. And I'm getting to that point where I'm just watching it to watch it. I'm not really in it. And I'm kind of hoping it gets canceled soon. (laughs) Which won't (laughs) happen for at least another year. I know. Yeah. Well, that's too bad that and I and I hope that CW was not trying to poke at the original because, yeah, I mean, you're using a name that wasn't yours and now you're just going to make fun of what brought you to you know to the show there wouldn't be them without the original so that's a little sad if that were to be true right all right well um hopefully on a lighter note i do have a little bit of news too segueing from kenny ortega who directed the descendants uh disney movie that (laughs) you thought was okay his um I would think most popular movie that he's directed, uh, Hocus Pocus, the sequel just got some news. I was going to bring this up if you didn't, so I'm glad you are. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, they they announced today, or at least I found out today, that uh, they picked a director, and uh, they also made a point to say if it's going to be at the movies or on TV. So this will be a direct to television film but it will be on disney plus not on the disney channel uh the director that they have chosen is uh adam shankman who most people will know more as a dance choreographer um a big judge on the so you think you can dance competition show but he also directed hairspray uh, so if you uh, are familiar with Hairspray, the musical, uh, the movie that they made, then you will know a little bit of his style. He also did uh, the movie A Walk to Remember. Sean, do you remember that one with Mandy Moore? I never actually watched the whole thing, but I know how it ends. Okay, well, just to give you a little bit of perspective, he's not just all about the song and dance or the lighthearted kid films. He does make you know dramatical stuff, and... He also did a couple of Glee episodes as well. So I'd say he's a good director. I'm actually happy with this choice. But how do you feel about this movie going to Disney Plus instead of theaters? 
Um, I'm actually more than okay with that because I feel like on Disney Plus they'll take more risks that they wouldn't take in a movie because they're already getting their revenue from Disney Plus and trying to force money out of a movie I think is going to make them play it a little more safe. So I'm there for that. Um, I think Shankman is going to be a good director for it, but the one piece that's still not confirmed is that our actresses, if they're going to be in it or not. And I think that's the crucial piece. So I have my fingers crossed that they're just trying to keep it as secret as possible. Right. And that they'll just pop up and, and hopefully surprise us all by being a part of the film in some way. But uh, yes, they haven't confirmed the sisters yet, but they still all said that they are open to being a part of the sequel. Yeah, I think we'll get them. Uh, this this film is definitely happening now. This is no longer a rumor. You know, they've gotten a director. Now we just need a good story, and hopefully we'll get that. But I am very excited. Hopefully we'll see it in the next, somewhat in the next two years. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is all that I had to talk about. Should we get to our episode? Let's get to our episode. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so we are doing uh, <laughs> season four, episode seven. This is Brain Drain. Uh, the original air date was November 8th, 2001. Written by Curtis Keel. Directed by John Baring. Guest stars include Alistair Duncan as... Oh, yeah, Alistair Duncan as Alistair, and uh, he also sort of played himself as a shape-shifting source of all evil, with Rachel Wilson as Becca, Krista Allen as the source's oracle, with Ben Gil- Gilroy uh, as the source of evil. This episode scored 4.8 million viewers and is the third highest-ranked Charmed episode, according to TV.com, after... All Hell Breaks Loose, which is season two finale, and an episode further out that you have not seen yet, Sean. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right, you go ahead first. So should we talk about the elephant in the room real quick, Rob? What's that? The fact that I was referring to a different Buffy episode than the one you thought I was referring to. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we made the claim last week that Sean nailed it on the on the nose that he knew exactly what the plot was. But it seems that I got my titles crossed and our plot (laughs) (laughs) different. And he was talking about a different episode that had nothing to do with this one but still there was an existing episode very similar to this so explain what happened so and they both happen in season six so i can see how we got our wires crossed but i thought this was going to be more like tabula rasa which is where willow is in trouble with um tara for messing with her memory so she tries to fix it and she erases everybody's memory so they all are blank slate and they kind of make up who they think they are, which is a very funny episode. So I thought it was going to be like a funny episode like that, and the sisters were going to forget who they are. But it's more like normal again, which comes later in season six, where we see Buffy in a mental asylum questioning if she's really a vampire slayer or not. And I love the former episode that you were describing. I think it is hilarious. It's one of the best ever written, and a lot of stuff happened in it. 
but no, I was referring to the other one. And as you watch the episode, Sean, you do see the similarities, right? Yes. Oh, totally. And (laughs) I knew exactly what Buffy you were talking about as I was watching it. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now that we're on the same page. (laughs) Okay. All right. Piper plans a baby shower for her friend Wendy. Phoebe tries to encourage Piper to have children of her own. Piper isn't willing to have children in the face of constant demon attacks. Speaking of demons dropping in, Cole shimmers in and warns that a chameleon demon has gotten into the house. Chameleon demons are spies for the source. Piper freezes the room and then unfreezes Cole. She spots a big red chair in the kitchen and blows it up, even though she knows it belongs to Paige, but using the demon as an excuse. They spot a lamp of unknown origin, which turns into the chameleon. He telekinetically flings Piper and Phoebe over the couch. Cole, Cole blows his arm off with an energy ball, but the chameleon grows a new one, while the remains of the old one spill over the baby baskets. Piper tries to blast the chameleon, but blows up the grandfather clock instead when the demon ducks out of the way. Poor clock. Again? Of course. Again? <laughs> Cole throws another energy ball at the chameleon, but he ducks, and the energy ball nearly hits Paige. The chameleon shimmers out. First thing, she Piper is cooking uh, cookies for a baby shower, and I want to know, Sean, do you have you been to a baby shower? Do you enjoy them? I have, and I do not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've never been to a baby shower. Explain what your experience was as far as, like, why you didn't like it. Well, it's mostly, like, mostly women and everybody just sitting around talking and, like, opening baby presents or presents for the baby, I guess you would say. But, like, mm-hmm. I find it kind of weird because you're celebrating something that's not even there yet so like at least when the baby's there that's when i would think like oh the baby's here let's have a party and meet the baby but i don't know everybody (laughs) just sits around talking what's gonna be there and what's gonna happen and it's just like a get together yeah yeah uh yeah i've never been one i don't think i I'm in an opportunity to be invited to one either, so I'm okay with that. She hasn't seen her friends in a long time due to her job, and she wants somewhat of a normal life and, you know, get back into friends. Uh, Do you find it difficult to kind of, like, keep the balance between friends and having sort of this huge responsibility with work or even with your current relationships right now? Oh, totally. Um, I just realized, like, I haven't seen my parents and my sister for, like, two weeks because I've just been so uh, on the go with, you know, during the week doing stuff, especially on the weekends, everything piles up, and it's just there's so many people, and I'm so popular, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I, I, I usually know how to keep a very good balance as far as like friends or, you know, like obligations like this podcast or, you know, uh, you know, working and whatnot. Uh, I do what I can. You know, I also do my very best to explain, you know, my sudden absence, but try and like balance it out in some different way, whether it's just talking more on the phone or just engaging more on social media. I guess that's a good advantage of having today's social media versus back in the 90s. 
but I, I can definitely understand how it could get hard when you are used to a specific way of living and then all of a sudden, bam, one thing just takes over your day-to-day life every day. Um, and then there's the adjustment of having a new roommate. Paige comes in with all of her stuff, and there, it's just everywhere, <laughs> and they have to adjust to living with somebody new. But, of course, like when you move in with someone, you can't just break your everyday behavior and routine just because you're in a new place. How was it adjusting when you moved in with, like, Chris or, say, Anthony? Uh, yeah, and I'm currently living with both Chris and Anthony. The biggest issue, I think, is not realizing, like, we didn't move that far from where I was living in Pasadena, but the, like, 10 miles we did move are the most trafficy 10 miles <laughs> I've ever dealt with. <laughs> it takes me an extra, like, 45 minutes to get to work just from that 10 miles. That's the biggest issue. We're just farther away from everything than we realized. Um, besides that, though, the biggest struggle with inside the house would be um, we only have one bathroom. So, like, getting ready sometimes sucks because three of us, one bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Did you th- also think Paige's chair was ugly to blow up? <laughs> yeah, it was ugly. And I love how Piper ugly. did that, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah she she's hilarious now with her powers her hand gestures have changed have you noticed that she's just all blah about it like freeze the room just do as i say and she's like okay and <laughs> she's just the way that she does her hands i just think it was funny but yeah she took an opportunity to get out she doesn't like things she hated the wedding gift and broke it coincidentally do you remember that the wedding gift from the elders that big giant crystal thing Oh, I do, but that was weird, though. I don't know, like, where you'd put that. I know, yeah. And then she doesn't like this chair, and she just blows it up. So (laughs) watch your stuff around her. I love how Cole shimmered in, and he's acting all, like, he's on drugs, like, all paranoid. And still, like, after everything they've been through, they're still like, what are you doing? That's (laughs) not a thing. Why would we do that? It's so funny. I mean, I I wouldn't trust him wholeheartedly, but obviously, if you're asking me to like freeze the room, it's something's going on, you know? Right. Didn't it remind you a little bit of like Return to Oz? Like, find the item that is like doesn't belong. <laughs> I got Return to Oz vibes so much. I just wanted to be like Oz <laughs> with the lamp. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even think about that, but it's such a perfect reference. That's funny. Yeah. Because then it just shapeshift into somebody. So I just thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. So Phoebe thinks the lamp may have been there for about three days or even longer. And Paige isn't happy about her damaged chair. Cole wants to catch the chameleon and learn of the source's plans. Just then, Piper's friend Becca comes to pick up Piper for the shower. Phoebe and Piper awkwardly shoo her away. And Phoebe doesn't want Piper to go to the baby shower, but Piper thinks that she has to be a normal woman first if she wants to ever be a mother, which I think is true. I don't think that they could be parents if they can't even, like, enjoy themselves for five minutes. In the underworld, the source scolds the chameleon Alistair. 
the source wants to capture one of the sisters and trick her into giving all of their powers. Because instead of just pretending to be a lamp and around dark 30, just go upstairs and knife them while they're sleeping is just too much of a plan. We got to go through this whole process to make her give up her powers. <laughs> do you, three days, do you know how much time that is to take a sister out while they're sleeping? I have a gun right here. <laughs> yeah, that is a very involved plan. <laughs> you just don't get it. We have to assume everything's going according to plan. It's just how it works. <laughs> so horrible. Um, Suddenly, the source shapeshifts into Alistair and sends Alistair up in flames. Uh, the source then summons the Oracle, who suggests going after Piper. More than her other sisters, she always wanted as normal of a life as possible. Do you think that Piper was the best choice to go after and relinquish their powers? Oh, definitely, because Phoebe is, I feel like she has fully embraced her destiny, and I don't see her giving up the power easily, and Paige has just come into it, so she's known a normal life all her life, and she wants to learn this witchy side, so yeah, mm -hmm. Piper is the most likely, especially the fact that she wants to have kids, like, she's ready to give it up. Do you think that Piper still would have been the best choice had Prue still been in the picture? Or do you think Prue would have wanted more of this normal life? Mm, I would still go after Piper because I feel like Prue is also very much like in the life. Like she knows what her duty is and she's not going to give it up easily. I totally agree. I think Piper is more of the vulnerable. I guess at this stage in their lives, she is one who would want more of a normal life than the others. Uh, so, yeah, I would agree with you on that, too. I also want to point out that I really love all three of their outfits, even Paige's night nighty that she had on while she was washing clothes. I think every everyone included looks really good in this scene, at least. Uh, so, yeah, just pointing out sometimes they do uh, hit it on the mark with some of their wardrobe. Now, I have to say when Piper first said she was like willing to give up her powers I got really mad at her I was like I can see why some people don't like Piper because she's a witch she's not doing her duty like fuck Piper <laughs> but I kind of like chewed on it a little bit and I was able to put it into my own perspective and I don't hate Piper for it like I was even thinking just from putting um witches on the same level as gay like there's been so many times like obviously i'm born gay but like having a normal life would be great i'm not saying being straight but like just gay becoming the norm like it is now like being able to have a significant other that you go out to dinner with your family with and just like not be gawked at when you're holding hands with them in public like when i was younger i used to fight for that and go like parade and do all this stuff to like bring rights to gays and now i'm just tired i just want to live so i'm like i'm kind of like piper <laughs> yeah i mean if you think about it i mean they've all been through hell right but you know like just think about second season when piper and leo were trying to live their lives together and 
the elders, you know, the people that are supposed to be on her side, let magic dictate her life. And then now we're at this baby stage and they can't see their friends like she's gone through it. And mm-hmm. there's there's just always a reason for Piper to not be able to, you know, enjoy herself. I mean, Prue, you know, she loved being a witch and it did take a long time for her to adjust to it, too. But I think she definitely embraced her witchy side and she was good at it. That was the other thing. And so now they're one sister down technically. And then with the insertion of Paige, having all of this, I think really does take a toll on someone, especially now that she's the oldest. Right. And you said insertion. (laughs) (laughs) You're stupid. (laughs) All right. Piper hosts the baby shower at P3. Her friends note that she had mostly disappeared for the last three years. Her cell phone rings. Piper is disappointed to see the calls from home. She ignores it, and then Leah orbs in to tell her Phoebe and Paige think they have found Alistair. Back at the manor, Paige wonders why they're not going to vanquish Alistair when they have the spell for it. Leo explains that they want to find out what the source is planning and only vanquish the chameleon if they have to. Piper has serious doubts about being a witch and is even willing to make a deal with the source. I was pissed when I heard this. First of all, how do you make a deal with evil? Yeah, that's that's never good. <laughs> I'm just going to tell the source of evil, yeah, I'm not going to bother you anymore. Continue to send your demons out to kill people. I just won't do anything about it. But let's take the magical side away from this. Let's say you're a cop or just somebody in a position that helps fight crime or delegates authority to keep the streets clean of crime and drugs or whatever the case may be how do you like walk away from that business knowing that the world still needs saving you know um i i just found that weird like how do you just like move on yeah i got a little mad at her all over again when she said that like let's make a deal like no you don't you don't ever make a deal like that what like if you see someone getting attacked in front of you you're just like oh can't do anything made a deal (laughs) yeah but i mean but then then you have to look at it from a civilian perspective we know that crime goes on every day are we out there doing something about it we sleep at night we continue to live our lives But I guess that's because we know there are other people out there doing what either we can't do or not capable of doing. But she's already been through it. And then to just be like, oh, I can turn a blind eye the next time I see something, you know. But to me, that was going way too far. But she did also mention the, the possibility that their destiny had already been fulfilled. What do you think about that? Do you think they've done enough to be like, we're good, we've done all that we can i'm more okay with that aspect of it like i don't think well obviously there's four more seasons but (laughs) i don't i think they've done a lot so far to where they've like she said they've really helped people but um i don't know it's taking a step too far to make a deal with the devil like I i could forgive her taking a break or just leaving it behind in order to have her normal life but like I said, making the deal, like you're just saying I can't do anything and I won't do anything. And I think that's completely wrong. Yeah. I love the fact that 
Paige, I would have been like, you just asked me to move into this godforsaken house. I have my own place, chilling. It was probably under rent control. I'm now here, and all of a sudden you want to quit. (laughs) Like, how dare you? (laughs) But I wanted to point this out. Uh, This is so just a little bit off topic. So Leo, when he goes to the baby shower, or basically in this scene, he's wearing this salmon-colored shirt. I don't know if you paid attention or noticed it as much but i went to this comedy show uh the other day and one of the comedians was talking about uh you know certain couples in the audience and he was saying he said something about like oh when couples get together or when they've been together for so long like you can tell when somebody's a couple even though you don't know them and you just look at the man and see how poorly dressed he is and he was imitating a couple on how the husband will just sit back naked with like a pair of socks on just waiting for his wife to pick out clothes and what they do is pick the ugliest thing in the world to make sure that other women don't notice him or see him as invisible. And his example in his role playing was that he goes through the she goes through the closet and she's like, nope, nope, I'm not doing that. Nope. Oh, Salmon, let's put this on him. And then Leo's <laughs> wearing Salmon and I was dying. I was like, you wonder if Piper dressed him <laughs> to make sure he doesn't get hit on. <laughs> I could see Piper doing that. <laughs> Yeah, I just, the minute I saw that, I was like, this is a married man's color, (laughs) Salmon. The sisters go where they thought the chameleon was, uh, but do not find him. They split up and search again. Suddenly, the source appears, still in Alistair form. Piper whirls around and tries to freeze him, but it only slows him down. Piper calls for her sisters, but the source throws an energy ball at Piper, knocking her against the wall. Phoebe and Paige run into the alley just as the source flames away with Piper, which would have scared the shit out of me. And it looked like it scared them. (laughs) Phoebe, at least, had like a terrifying face that the source just kidnapped Piper. Uh, Piper finds herself in a dream and in which the manor is a mental hospital. Leo, one of the psychiatrists, is bending over her. Leo says that she had an episode and slammed herself against the wall. (laughs) Leo's like, you had one of your episodes where you threw yourself against the wall. I was like, damn, Piper. Um, Another psychiatrist walks in, and it's Alistair. Piper tries to vanquish Alistair in vain. Alistair tells her that demons are just a fragment of her imagination. Two other doctors grab Paige and carry her upstairs. Back in the underworld, Piper's real location is revealed. The source is projecting this fantasy into her mind. The source is getting exhausted, but feels it'll be worth it if he can get Piper to give up her powers and those of her sister's. So here is where the plot thickens. We now see the full force of what this episode's about. So you, at this point, I guess, realize which episode it was. How do you like about like sort of the scenario and how this situation played out so far? Um, I actually I've seen a few stories like this, including Buffy. And I think it's always very captivating to see like how it plays out like how are they going to realize 
what the truth is like what does it look like to see them in a normal environment talking about like demons and vampires and craziness so i'm here for the episode i think it's cool yeah i i do like what they've done so far so the house is a hospital you know every all the characters are involved in some way, but it still ties into the exact thing that happened to them in the real world. You know, mm-hmm. um, just having Leo present and being a psychiatrist because he's a white lighter. And, you know, as we hear more, we'll see how well it was so easy to just manipulate the real story into something that could just be a fantasy world, you know? Right. And I'll add this. I have the show on in the background, and I just noticed Dr. Leo is wearing a salmon color tie. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. I would say that that was attention to detail. I didn't even notice that before. Mm-hmm. That's smart. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the manor, Leo can't sense Piper, but says that she's definitely still alive. Cole shimmers in and tells Phoebe, Paige, and Leo that the source has taken Piper to the underworld. Phoebe picks up the Book of Shadows and gets a premonition. The source orbs into the manor, takes the book, and blows up Phoebe and Paige. Cole thinks that the source is trying to make Piper give up their powers. Phoebe doesn't think it's possible, but Leo points out that she can if she speaks the relinquishment spell. Phoebe doesn't think that's possible. They ripped out the page and burned it three years ago. You know, Rob, I remember that episode. It's called Wicca Envy. (laughs) (laughs) However, Leo says the spell still exists in Piper's mind. He and Cole head down to the underworld to find Piper. At the hospital, Piper and Paige are strapped to their beds. Paige doesn't want to have anything to do with Piper. Alistair tries to convince Piper that she isn't a witch and has no sisters. He also adds that Prue also thought she was a witch, but was cured and released three months earlier. Phoebe skips in and unties Piper and Paige. Piper (laughs) thinks that the book may still be in the attic since evil can't touch it. So, yeah, this is the kind of thing that I was talking about. The fact that Prue has been cured and, and got to leave. Yeah, I thought that was really smart. Yeah. Uh, Did you find all of this to be very convincing as far as like Piper looking like she is mentally ill on just thinking she's a witch? Yeah. And I like the way they like tie in that the sisters aren't her sisters. They're her roommates because I think that further like separates her and makes her feel crazy. So I like the way they they unraveled the whole story and tied everything closely to what actually happened so here's a little bit of possible shenanigans i want to get your opinion about this sean so Paige and piper are chained to the bed all nancy style and Paige is all like oh saint prue oh let's talk about her again we always bring her up i'll never be as good as her and you clearly don't like me now the source is using Piper's insecurities and fears that's inside of her own head to project all of these sort of feelings and reasons why she should give up her powers. But if Piper doesn't think that, then why is Paige saying it? Like, is the source, like, planting that in her head of what Paige thinks? Because this is more of a Paige feeling, right? Not something that Piper is feeling. Does that make sense? 
I see what you're saying. I could see it in the reverse though too, that if Piper is sensing that she's pushing Paige away and she has an inkling that Paige feels that way, I can see it manifesting itself in the way it did. Okay, okay. And I kind of thought that too. I just didn't see any kind of like verbal evidence of that. So I was just like, how is he kind of speaking up? Because that's more of something that Paige would say. So I, I was just curious about that. But I see what you're saying though. Right, because she probably feels like she's still stuck on Prue, and that's why she's not accepting Paige, and that's how it shows itself in her mind. Yeah, I love how, <laughs> did you like Phoebe all hopping around? <laughs> like, yes. Skipping and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> she always steals the show, though. Oh, yes. No, of course. And I love that each of their wardrobe is catered to their personality. Like, Paige has the most stylist scrubs on I've ever seen. It's all, like, cut off with the shoulder popping out and stuff. I was just like, how does she get away with wearing that the way she did? Right. Get it, girl. I'm, like, I'm definitely seeing the Rose McGowan that I know from Jawbreaker <laughs> and Scream coming through. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So in the attic, the sisters find Cole under electroshock therapy. This is still in the fantasy world. Piper knocks the doctor out with a broom, and the Book of Shadows turns out to be <laughs> but a collection of crayon drawings. Why do I want that? I want that exact <laughs> Book of Shadows. That thing looked amazing. Did you see the Ice Cream Man entry? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the Ice Cream Truck entry was in there. And the Belchazar page is in there. I like that. Uh, I'll so draw one for you. <laughs> they escape down the trellis and into the street. How easy it was to escape that hospital, by the way. Right. Uh, Piper, <laughs> Piper sees a purse snatcher run into traffic and tries to overtake him, but is hit by a car, which she tried in vain to freeze. Okay, so Piper, if you're going to give up your powers, that's the one thing that you can't do. You can't go out into the street and try and be a hero to some purse snatcher, because unless you can fight, you gave up your powers. They're gone. I love how she depended on them so much in the fantasy world. So Piper is then hit by a car, which she tried in vain to freeze and, of course, didn't work. And man, did that car hit look deadly. God, I yeah, I'm surprised she didn't die. Right, cracked the windshield and everything. Yeah, uh, but in the real world, Phoebe and Paige try spells to call Piper back, but none of them work. Paige remembers Leo's mention of the power relinquishing spell. Phoebe doesn't think Piper would ever say it. However, Paige thinks the source is trying to get inside Piper's mind and trick her into saying it. Don't you love it? Paige once again figured out what's going on. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, in the dream, Piper wakes up in the hospital bed. Alistair tells her that her magical delusions are a coping mechanism to help her deal with Grams's death. Again, a nice tie-in to the real world. He tries to convince Piper to say the spell. In the underworld, Leo hears Piper calling him. The source is jamming Piper's signal and keeping Leo from finding her. But Leo knows she's hurt. Cole lets a bounty hunter blast him on purpose so they can find the source. Another bounty hunter appears and they drag Cole away. Leo follows them in secret. 
In the dream, Leo tends Piper's injuries. It turns out that Leo and Piper are lovers in the dream as well, though not yet married. In the underworld, the two bounty hunters contact the Oracle and announce they have captured Balthazar. The Oracle tells them to wait for their bounty. Mm-mm-mm. Leo, sleeping with patience. <laughs> I mean, my God. he. I mean, I don't know how far they've gotten, but I mean, I don't know how they snuck that in, but that's, I don't know, that's very, I don't know. It's a little creepy, especially because Why she's... Well, because she's technically mentally ill, like I, it's mm. just, that's just a lot. I mean, just from a perspective, if it was real, it's just funny how like, yeah, we can like get better and we can get married for real, you know? Yeah, you're right. If we heard in in the real world that like a doctor is sleeping with a mentally ill patient, it would not be looked upon well. <laughs> no, not at all. I, however, really enjoy Cole. Uh, stepping up and really being a part of the team. Did you see how he sacrificed himself, getting hit and captured just for the sake of, you know, rescuing Piper? I think that was quite amazing. At the risk of making everybody mad at me again, this is the first, like, good thing Cole's done in this whole season so far. Like, I find him so wet blanket in this season. That, I mean, I think that's fair to say. He's doing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff and just kind of being there emotionally for phoebe and you know the family you know aside from him being the driver to all of those demon hunting <laughs> goals <laughs> i would say yes this is the biggest he's really stepped up for those guys yeah he's been very like angsty towards piper and just not really present with phoebe i think overall yeah 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 piper is taken to the garden by the manor and her friends from the baby shower visit. I just wanted to sing the Alice in Wonderland or the Willy Wonka <laughs> pure imagination when they walked out. That place was so perfect, <laughs> especially with the butterflies. Right. See, it looked staged like in the other episode with the, the Kung Fu stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It looked very set. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Becca, le Becca lets Piper hold her baby for a moment, and Piper begins to cry. Alistair then tells the friends that they have to leave. Leo presents Piper with a notepad and tells her to remember the spell. But back in the, in the real world, Paige and Phoebe cast a spell and find themselves in Piper's dream. However, Piper's spirit is almost completely broken. She insists that she is not a witch and has no sisters. Alistair has Paige and Phoebe restrained, and Piper begins to say the spell. So, Sean, do you think it was smart of them to go into Piper's mind all the cell and risk <laughs> like being stuck in her brain the way that they were and with absolutely no kind of like backup or like they didn't even tell Cole that they were doing that. They just did it. Um, what did you think of that? Would you feel it was too risky or probably the best thing they could have done? Um, I do definitely think that all three sisters needed to be together, but it is risky just to go in without having anybody else, at least there to like watch over their bodies. Mm hmm. 
Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And also, it's a good thing that when they fell asleep, they didn't like fall on the candle and like burn themselves with the house down. Right. I noticed that. Yeah, there are candles all the way around them. And luckily, they fell in between them because, again, there was nobody there to watch them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so, Sean, what would it take in your dream world to have you relinquish your powers? You know what? I'd probably honestly be at like Disneyland. <laughs> and <laughs> like, it probably no would Disneyland have to, for you. Right. And it would or it would probably have to do with like a brand new ride opening up that like I have to try to get on the ride or like something in the park to buy and I can't buy it without like doing something. Because mm-hmm. you know me. I like to buy stuff. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Uh, for me, I I would have to see, you know, just having a family, uh, not necessarily does it have to be with kids, but just, you know, just having that, you know, that special someone with you and just kind of saying like, hey, you know, this could be all yours. You know, you don't have any worries. Maybe financial woes are gone and just not having to scrimmage and do whatever just so I can, you know, save the world every two seconds. But just, I would also need to see sort of a utopian sort of atmosphere to where evil is gone for me to be comfortable giving it up. But as far as, you know, like, oh, these delusions are keeping me from like living a happy life. I don't know if there's anything that can honestly convince me to just give up powers. Um, I mean, obviously, in a mental hospital, I would hate that. But again, she was given the opportunity to like be with friends and have a normal life and all that stuff. I just think that I would need to see a world without evil before thinking about that. Okay. In the underworld, Leo finds Cole and with him the Source and Piper. Leo orbs about and attacks the demons guarding him, managing to vanquish one through a trick, giving him time to wake up Cole. Cole regains consciousness and vanquishes the other demon. Leo tries to attack the source, but is repelled. Cole bombards the source with energy balls, injuring him. The Oracle tells him to break the connection with Piper if he wants to survive. He does, but only after Cole injures him. And back in the garden, Alistair, Leo, and all the doctors disappear. In the underworld, Cole throws the largest and most powerful energy ball ever seen in the history of Charmed at the source but the oracle jumps in front of it sacrificing herself to save the source the source flames away this was a crazy scene yes uh that is the biggest energy ball you will see on the show i could not believe how close cole was to killing the source i i you would think the power three would only be able to destroy the source but he almost killed him right and i was surprised that the Oracle's already gone after, like, episode seven. I know, I know. Yeah, I like the Oracle, but um, it was funny. Leo tries to approach Piper, or and, and you, know, the, you know, the Oracle gets in his way. I thought he was seriously going to punch her out of the way. I was like, Leo, <laughs> don't hit her, but he just pushes her. But it looked like he was really about to, like, charge through her. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I thought the scene was was pretty good. What do you think about the source, though? Now, somebody like Cole can obviously injure him and possibly kill him if it wasn't for the Oracle. Do you feel that the source is a formidable foe? Do you think he 
represents all of evil. Do you think he should have been stronger? I don't know. I think sometimes when a villain is too powerful, it turns me off because then it's not believable that our heroes can ever defeat them. So I would say I'm still fearing the source in the way that he has been able to manipulate so much so far in the first four seasons, and he does have so many demons around him that are fearful of him. I think he's still a, a good villain. Okay. Well, the reason why I asked you this, Sean, because... In Buffy, the master, I think, was very believable that out of all the monsters and demons and things that we saw, the master is somebody that you can't fuck with. And the relationship between him and the Slayer, I felt, was so good that when they had a scene together or that she attempted to try and go after him, there was a little bit of a high stake. There was a risk. It wasn't as predictable that she would make it out alive or unscathed. So it's like when we see the source, do we feel that fear? Like, oh God, the source, you know, and do we look, do we like, do we look for, I guess, the suspense in it? Or do you think it's just a little bit of a, just like any old everyday demon? That's what I meant. Oh, I see. Um, I still think he's elevated in the show above the other demons, but if you do want to compare him to the master, um, he definitely doesn't have as much character. And I think one of the scariest things about the master is we knew he was so powerful that he could kill Buffy in an instant. And the only thing holding him back was being, you know, stuck underground. So yeah, there was definitely more of a relation between the two of them when they did have screen time together. And he was more scary and Oh crap. When he gets out, like all hell breaks loose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just as Piper is about to finish the spell, Leo enters her dream. And at last, he convinces her not to give up her powers. So I just want to point out that part of this convincing was that he healed her mind. So if the charm ones didn't have their powers when they entered her mind, how did Leo, is he different? Do you call shenanigans? Hmm. That's a good point. Um, I call just a little bit, but I don't know if it was because he was the sort of projector just like the source was, if that makes sense. Like Piper and I'm sorry, Phoebe and Paige entered her mind with a spell, but he was sort of that narrator. He controlled the narrative because he was outside, you know, like shadow cat on Piper. So maybe that's the reason why he was able to use his powers, but Rob, did you make the X-Men reference in this episode? I did make the X Men <laughs> reference. I know I had to bring it. I didn't. I didn't even realize that that was your thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I forgive you. But yeah, I I see what you mean. He did kind of go into the dream in a different way, and he is a white lighter, so he's more powerful than the witches. So I can see where it's a little shenanigans, but yeah, we can let it pass. Okay. So at the manor, Piper offers to replace Paige's chair, and Paige and Phoebe admit that they too struggle with being witches. So Phoebe comes on to Cole, and they head upstairs, and Paige heads out to the store because this house turns into a brothel after demon fighting. <laughs> uh, Leo and Piper also orb upstairs to get it on. You wonder if they can hear each other. Right. <laughs> 
Ew, they but probably can. I know they can. I know that house isn't that soundproof. <laughs> Piper has her wonderful, it's a wonderful life moment going through the house. Everything's back to normal and she doesn't take her powers for granted. Uh, what do you think of sort of Piper's revelation? Do you still feel that she still would give up her powers at any moment? Or do you think that she's accepted her destiny at this point? Um, I feel like the moment that really defined her in this was when she went to go save the pedestrian and got hit by the car. I yeah. think that made her realize, like, there's a hero in me, and I need my powers in order to be that hero. So I think yeah. she changed. Okay. No, that's fair enough. That's that's a really good point. Uh, so, yeah, that was Episode 7, Brain Drain. Uh, Sean, what would you think of it? I thought this was a great episode. Um, I like I like the struggle that Piper went through in, you know, we've been seeing her struggle with whether she wants these powers or not, and I think she's getting to a place where she gets to see what it would be like without them, and I don't think she likes herself without them as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this episode was still fun to watch, I think. And of course, Phoebe providing uh, great comic relief as we get through this episode. Uh, it was foretelling that, you know, even in these superhero shows that we watch all the time, there's always this this sort of messaging in there that even though they enjoy being heroes and they know that they have a responsibility, we have to remember that they're also human first. And this was a reminder of that. They're not just here to fight crime and then just go back into a closet and wait to be used again to, you know, save the world. Um, I, I will say this like on the flash, you know, uh, Cisco, he is struggling with that same thing almost in every episode. And, you know, he really, you know, just wants a normal life. So it, it's, it's good that these shows still pay attention to the fact of how it affects them in the real world, even though this is a show that is entertaining us with them having powers and being a superhero. And there's so many hints that, you know, is Piper going to have a bebe soon? Ah, yes, you've been thinking more about that. <laughs> <laughs> So here's some notes from today's episode, and this is something that I've been trying that I've been wanting to tell you since we started. So you notice that these two episodes, Buffy and and Charmed, had very very similar plot lines, right? Right. So naturally, uh, one would say that whichever one came first, that means the other one stole or copied the other, and it's a very like sort of default term to use and sort of like not necessarily put the other one down, but it's just like, how dare you take this plot and make it yours? You know, are you just copying? Well, so it turns out that uh, in season six uh, episode of Buffy, it's called normal again, has a very similar plot where Buffy finds herself in a mental hospital wondering which is if reality is real as stated in the episode of of a charm magazine way back in the day the reason for this is because the episode writer offered similar scripts to both shows with charm using the idea first hmm so the same writer wrote both episodes 
So the, I don't know if the writer wrote specific scripts differentiating the two, but I think that the idea, maybe the outline was given to both, and then they both decided they wanted to use it, giving him credit. Okay. So the fact that Charm did decide to use the idea first, you know, it's so easy to just say, well, Buffy stole it. I, I don't think that Buffy just watched Charmed and then immediately wrote and filmed an entire episode after it was aired. But, you know, what a coincidence, right? <laughs> right. Well, and, like, I've seen the idea before, too. Like, most recently, it was in the Moon Knight comic books. Um He's mentally unstable and he goes through this whole thing where he's in a mental asylum and slowly he remembers his real life. So and I've seen it before Charmed and Buffy even. So I think it's I think it's fair enough game for anybody to use it without it being like, oh, they copied them or they copied them. So I think it's it's okay that they both did it. Yeah, yeah. The there's a Smallville episode called Labyrinth also featured a similar plot. Now, I don't remember exactly what happened, but apparently they kind of went the same route. Uh, the Star Trek The Next Generation episode, Frame of Mind, also features a similar plot, which happened before Charmed. Mm-hmm. So Piper loses her powers for the eighth time in this episode. <laughs> oh, jeez. Phoebe loses her powers for the eighth time, while Paige loses her powers for the first time. Uh, this also marks the second time Piper has been put into a coma. The first time was in The Awaken when she was poisoned by that uh, fruit. The title is a reference to uh, the brain drain, the phenomenon of the talented and educated people from one country going to another country for better conditions. Uh, Paige says, what do you say we click our heels and get out of this crazy joint? Is a reference to 1939's film Wizard of Oz. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, I did. Okay. Phoebe shakes the nearly empty bottle carton at Piper and says, got milk, which is a reference to a famous advertising campaign. Phoebe also made a reference to this slogan in the fourth sister episode in season one. And at the end of um, at the end, Cole says to Phoebe, "Miss Hollowell, are you trying to seduce me? You know where that's from, Sean." Wait, I do and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a famous phrase from the movie The Graduate. Oh, okay. With uh, Dustin Hoffman, which I have yet to see. I still haven't seen that movie before. Yeah, I've heard that line, but I've never seen The Graduate. Yeah. All right, Sean, so was this episode worth the wait to you? It was. I liked it. Very cool. All right, well, that's good. We've been doing a lot of worth the waits this season, so it looks like season four um, could be your favorite so far. We'll it see. is really good, and from what I was hearing, I was, like, not expecting to like it this much. <laughs> All right, well, let's get right down to business. It's time for Hot Man Meter. Sean, we have quite a few people to talk about today. <laughs> uh, let's start with our shapeshifter chameleon, Alistair Duncan. Uh, would this gray curly-haired specimen make your top ten this week? Um, I already have enough specimens for this week, so he does not make it to the specimen list. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, Alistair, I'm going to pass on him as well. Uh, how about, uh, let's see, Tom Billet. So I don't know if you noticed him, Sean. He was uh, one of the bounty hunters that captured Cole and delivered him to the source and the article. I believe he was the one with the mustache. He looked very burly, very porn starnish. Uh, I don't know if you remember his look. Do you want to add him to your top ten? I believe I know which one you're talking about. He has, like, the shaved head, right? Yes, that's right. Okay. I definitely noticed him. Like, normally I don't go for, like, the big, burly, like, daddy-looking guys, but I was there for him. But I'm not going to put him on my list because I think there's going to be better guys. Yeah. I found him to be very attractive. Uh, I wouldn't would definitely see him i would see that sex tape for sure but yes he's not making my list either uh and then lastly we have the elderly known as eric rare who made fun of piper's rhyming basically saying it doesn't really rhyme does it (laughs) uh does this gentleman make your top 10 list he does not he does not. Yes, he does not make mine either. So it looks like this episode did not have any men for our list. But did any of these men uh, tickle your fancy? Charmies, update your list. Make sure they're updated. By the end of the season, I will be asking for those lists to be sent. Your top 10 of hot men of season four. I will combine all of them, making one big charmy list. So just make sure to keep your list updated. Now, Sean, your favorite part, who makes MVP? Well, I was living for Phoebe, riding around on a broom, looking all funny, but she doesn't make it. Um, I was also living for Cole, actually, shooting those balls at the source. Like, he was pretty cool in that moment, like, yeah. trying to save Piper. But he doesn't make it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm giving it to Piper. This was her episode. It was centered on her. We got to see Holly Marie, like, give us a whole, you know, plethora of different emotions. And she did a great job in this episode. I I thought she did a a fantastic job. I'm giving it to her as well. Uh, Just watching her um, holding the baby and just crying. One, because... That's the feeling she got when she was at the baby shower. She was just having so much fun. But then also sort of looking at the baby like, I will never be that woman who holds her own baby in her hand. And as much as she would love to resist the idea that she is not a witch this whole time, I felt that in her cries and her look and just her struggle. So I'm definitely giving it to her, too. She really stepped up for this one. Right. All right, all right. Well, uh, next week we have an all-new episode. It's going to center on Cole, of course. Uh, This one is called Black as Cole. What do you think is going to happen in this episode, if you can (laughs) predict? Great description to go off of here. Um, (laughs) Black as Cole. Um, I guess... I would think that black is going to be like a way of saying evil. So maybe we're going to see him struggle with evil again. Okay. I think that's a nice, um, 
guess for you know what's given to you so uh <laughs> we uh will find out next week if sean is correct thank you all for listening to this week's episode we really appreciate it and uh yeah we'll definitely see you next week for episode eight all right sean say goodbye to the charmies why does it feel like i got a participation award for my guest <laughs> <laughs> bye charmies bye charmies